Hello, welcome to another episode of the Tabletop for Two podcast. I'm Brad Van Vutt. I'm Emily Van Vutt. And we are back with uh, probably a shorter episode today, um, just because we've been playing mostly Pandemic Legacy and not a lot of new stuff lately. Yeah. It's we're two kinda, and one. It's kind of real good, and we, yeah, we're stuck on it. <laughs> we just we just lost our first March game. Close. Yeah. So, are, are we going to play after we record? Probably going to do that. Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> um, but before we do that, um, we're going to talk a little bit about some stuff we've been playing. We're also, uh, since we're getting ready to take a trip, uh, we thought it'd be fun to kind of list the games that we packed with us and talk about some good games to bring with you uh, when you travel, as yep. far as that goes. But before we get into all that, um, we are going to remind you that uh, you can find us online uh, at Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at Tabletop for Two. Uh, you can find the show on iTunes, uh, Pocket Casts, and Stitcher Radio. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the show while you're there. And we actually have an older five-star review from iTunes that's been there for about a month, and I just noticed it just now from a... <gasps> Slacker. I'm sorry. From a, a regular listener from the Dense Pixels podcast, Justin. Oh, has, uh, I written. don't know Justin. You, no, you yeah. don't. I said, I'm sure you do because you guys, you know, you have your question of the week every week. So, yep. Um, so Justin has to say, I know you're awesome. You know, you're awesome. I won't dwell on that. What do I have? What, blah, blah, what I do have is a question. Do you ever modify games meant for more than two players to better suit only the two of you? Most of my collection is games meant for groups like Smash Up, Red Dragon Inn, Frag, Castle Panic, etc. And I would like to be able to play them with my boyfriend without having to gather a large group of people. Um, we don't really do that too. Well, I don't think we've really ever done that. No, I mean, usually we just, we play, I mean, if it's one that's meant for a higher player count, yeah, we try and find a mod to, that someone has already, well, know, and a lot of game, and a lot of games, um, that are intended for more players sometimes will have a two player variant in it. Um, but they're not always that. Yeah, great. it's a, for better or worse. We're, that's actually a segment that we're going to end up doing one day is the best uh, two player variants that are in games that are kind of intended for more than two. Because we've played Smash Up, but we've only played Smash Up with four people. Yeah, and I can't imagine that would be as fun with less. Yeah. Uh, maybe three is fine, but two is probably too low. Um, but there's also enough really good two player games out there uh, that are that are worth looking into to to have to worry about, you know, shoehorning a game that's not really intended for two into a two-player experience like we've played seven wonders two-player not yeah. a fan of that um what else uh code names is fun with two that also that works better with the larger group but the two-player experience is different but still still fun i mm-hmm. would say um but I, I yeah definitely never tried uh to modify a game that plays more like and certain a lot of especially social games really won't work with two players yeah like there's a lot of social games that you just can't can't do with two um red dragon Inn would be one of those games for sure because like storytelling and stuff like that doesn't work as well um yeah but i i would say to to look out there at at games that will support a decent two-player variant but where the two-player variant is either a still fun or b different enough from the base game but in a good way um to, to make it worth playing so but no it's we <laughs> we we have enough two-player specific games that we don't need to worry about modding stuff down yeah and most of the stuff that we do have for like bigger groups of people we just wait till we have bigger groups of people yeah i mean we we have some games the, that the we, exception being probably code names yeah no but we, i mean we own some games that we know 
like we own seven wonders and we specifically have it just so that when we have another couple over, if we have, you know, a, a group of five that we can bust that game out and have it. But I'm content with sitting, having a sit on our shelf right. and never getting played with just the two of us. That's fine by me. So thanks for the five star review. Um, again, if you if you do submit one, you can ask us a question or if you have something to promote, we can promote that for you and uh, we'll read it on the air just like we do with Justin's five star review. Yep. So let's uh, get into what we've been playing besides Pandemic Legacy. It's a very short list this week. Um, we actually, oh God, excuse me, Miss Piggy. Um, we played uh, Gold West for the first time. This is one that Brad, he never even told me about this one. I had no clue. He's like, so I picked up this game. Yeah, this was this was the other um, Euro TMG release that came out. We talked about Steamworks on the last episode that we did. Uh, Gold West is a very different game. Uh, this was designed by J. Alex Kevern. He designed Easy Breezy Travel Agency. Oh, he did. Uh, yeah, okay, which we'll cool. which we'll be talking about later. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, Gold West is a sort of it's got some area control in it. Um, it's got some resource management in it. It's a very interesting game. The and the resource management, uh, I told you, it kind of reminded me of like Trajan a little bit. Well, because at, so on the beginning of each turn, you have these four. Bins. bins on your player board and the bins will hold a variety of resources there's there's gold silver copper and and wood and stone um and on your turn you're going to pick up all of the resources that are in one of the bins and, and you have to leave one in each of the bins leading up to the top of the board right so like if i if i pick four resources out of bin number three i have to leave one resource in bin number two one resource in bin number one, and then the two, two resources are, that are two left are available over to use. that you'll, you'll be able to use on your turn. Um, so you use the medals for um, usually a variety of different bonuses. They have uh, the, the the fictional western town is called Boomtown. Uh, in the game, there's there's all sorts of game. A song added. in the 80s by David and David. I don't even know who David and David are. Welcome to the Boomtown. Okay. It's kind of awesome. It's their only hit. <laughs> anyway, beside the point. Beside the point. Um, so anyway, you can um, you can exchange medals to to lobby into Boomtown um, to get some game end bonuses. Uh, you can fulfill different contracts that are available that are going to be worth victory points and possibly other bonuses as well. Um, you can also ship them, um, and and the shipping tracks for each of the different medals are kind of like a race. Uh, and you want to not a shipping trap. It's like a little like it's like a stage co- stagecoach track. Oh yeah, because yeah. you have the little stagecoach thingamajiggers. Yeah, and 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 the first player to cross certain thresholds in each of the medals that are will get like a point bonus, basically. Um, the wood and stone you actually want to use to build a camp on the board because every turn you're also going to uh, build a campsite, and the the point of doing this is that on the board there are different areas that will get, that's how you gain your resources. You basically mine um, the different areas on the board um, or, or cut down some trees in the forest to get wood and to get the different metals so that you can use them on future turns. And there's also a bonus at the end of the game for your campsites. You get uh, bonus points for having like your largest continuous group and, and stuff like that. Um, but it's important that you have wooden stone to build these campsites because if not, then you have to loot the town. And if you loot the town, you get to build the campsite for free. But you um, lose points. You do lose points and, and you and also at, don't get at, to put it on the board either. Well, that and at the end of the game, whoever has the most in the looting area loses like what was it, sixteen points or something? Well, like it's that. based it's based it on two, how many you have oh, in there. Sorry, two points per campsite up to a maximum of eight or something, wasn't it? 
no, no. I, I think it it's a point for every it, the I thought it point for every one that you have. But you you also lose a point every time you put a camp in the loot area. Right. So, um, I thought this was, I was really interesting. I was really bad. I looted a lot. You did. <laughs> yes, you did. Didn't get enough. Uh, didn't visit enough forests to no to do your thing. Couldn't get it going. You liked this a lot too, didn't you? I did. Yeah. It's funny because we're sitting there and it's about halfway through the game. And he looks at me and he's like, Mom likes this game because she's deep in thought. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, stop. It's true. I mean, it's I, I, I figured you'd enjoy the it's it, like like you compared it to Trajan with the Mancala thing. Um, It's got that same deal where you do have to kind of plan, you know, one or two turns ahead as far as what you want to do. And you can do this thing. Um, Actually, it also kind of reminded me of a game that we don't like, which is Macau. Um, where what you so like you can how so exactly well because so when you gain your resources you can keep putting them like in the same bin right if you want to and then as you go you can like have a lot of smaller turns but with the purpose of building up to having a huge turn so when you you pick all the resources up out of the bin that you've been stockpiling in you can just use all of them in one shot basically kind of like the the windrows in Macau where you can kind of you know, plot along until you can save up a bunch of cubes for that one major turn that you want to have Gotcha. as you go. Um, I liked it a lot uh, out of, I mean, not that they're really comparable, but out of the two, um, I think gold West will be getting played a bit more frequently than Steamworks will. Uh, I've already asked to get it back to the table. Mm-hmm. So, so really solid, uh, really solid your style game. Um, if you're into resource management, gold West definitely recommend checking that out. From TNG. Uh, next on the list was actually, I think, on our get it to the table list. Brad mm-hmm. has been bugging me for weeks to play CO2. Yep. I don't um, think we've talked about this on the show because I don't think we were doing it the last time I'm, we played the game. I'm not sure. I like this game a lot. This is another Vitalis Serta game. Um, really interesting theme and and very interesting mechanics. If you couldn't tell from the name, it's a it's it's an environmental game. You're trying you're playing as companies that are trying to, to fight global warming and whatnot, pollution stuff like that. Um, and it's interesting because the game is cooperative be- in some senses because you're working together to keep pollution down in the world, but it's also competitive from the standpoint that you're trying you're still trying to get the most points and still trying to do what you're trying to do. Um, so the, the way it works is you have the different regions in the world and that lines up with the different continents that there are. And each of them need, need power plants basically to clean order, power plants yeah, in order to provide energy. Um, so as you go, you, you take turns proposing new energy projects to different areas, um, installing those projects in the areas and then eventually building the power plant. The trick is, is that you, when you propose a project and when you install a project, that project doesn't belong to you. So if Emily were to propose like a solar energy project and then on a future turn, I could install that project in place and get the benefits from doing that. But then Emily could come around the next turn and actually build the solar power plant. And power plants are the primary way that you earn victory points in this game um, as you go along. Thank you. So you, you so you want to make sure that you're trying to... Um, you're the one that's installing the power plants and the way that you try to mitigate that away from your opponent is as when you put a project down, you can hire scientists basically that work for you. Um, and if you have a scientist that's on a project, if your opponent attempts to use it, they have to pay you money and also potentially the scientists will gain 
a benefit as well from if they install a power plant or sciences, you can send them to an energy summit to learn more about the specific type of energy that you're trying to do. Um, and then at the end of each round, you actually evaluate the different continents and you have to, the, here's where the cooperative aspect comes into play. You have to build power plants as evenly as you can around the board because uh, countries that you can't build clean energy plants in, um, you have to build they fossil fuel plants. Yeah, plants. you have to build like coal, coal plants <laughs> and stuff like that, um, and that raises the global pollution and level. They're, they're between what, like ten and forty points. Twenty and forty. Twenty and forty. Yeah, and, and, and as each it goes, one that comes out, it raises the uh, parts per million of CO two in the atmosphere. Yeah, and if and if you if that ever reaches five hundred um, in the game, then everybody loses immediately because you have. You have, the Earth has become too polluted because they're doing a really poor job of controlling it. So we we did an all right job of controlling it this time. Oh, we can, I mean we the, the the two times we've played it, we haven't like the games ended regularly. It hasn't ended because we've done a bad job. Yeah, of controlling but I don't it. think the first game. I don't think we hit that that biohazard threshold. I can't remember. I think we might have been really on top of doing it. Yeah, I think in this game we had um each of us had certain. Because you, you also have like hidden goal cards that you're trying to fulfill, mm-hmm. and I think we had different objective cards that had us specializing in certain areas yeah. of the board. Um, I I enjoyed the back and forth of this game. It's really tough to wrap your head around at first because there's a lot of like it's not very intuitive the fact that when you install a project that someone else can come in and kind of take it over, kind of sort of. Yep. Um, that takes a little getting used to. There's there's some. Of course, we kind of like that because we're cutthroaty like oh, that. Oh yeah. There's some very minor, you know, rules here and there that take a little bit to wrap your head around as well as you go. Um, one of the things it does is actually really interesting. So as you gain, as your scientists learn, um, the different energy projects that are out there, you gain expertise. And at the beginning of well, each decade, and you have to get the expertise to be able to build. Each type of factor mm. of yeah power factory plant. power plant yeah whatever yes um and yeah. at the beginning of each round the person who has the most expertise in each of the different areas gets income basically and your income can be any combination of money and victory points that you want it to be so it's it's that fun balance of yeah I need victory points but I need money to do what I want to do because money is pretty tight in the game mm-hmm. it's um, very crunchy yeah. And, and and you also have to you have carbon emission permits that you have to gain in order to build to install energy projects and stuff like that. And a lot going on. Um it's really fun. It's a really good two player game too. I think it doesn't get its due as a two player game as much. Um, which is a shame because I actually think it's a little bit tougher to do the juggling act with two players because you have like in lower player count or in sorry in higher player count games of co2 you get less actions per decade so basically the same number of actions are happening on the board but each player is doing less it's hard to do a lot in this game because your resources are so tightly allocated um but i really enjoy this one a lot uh this is a a really fun one for us uh co2 uh stronghold games put it out in the u.s i recommend checking it out if you can uh get your hands on a copy uh, last but not least on our list is Samurai. Fun little, uh, what did you call it? A power filler for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and in true Brad and Emily fashion, 
Yeah. This game ended in a tie. Mm -hmm. So then we go to the tiebreaker and it says, okay, well, this is a tiebreaker. Well, guess what? We were tied again. So it's like, oh, you share the victory. I'm like, you know what? This is not fun. (laughs) This is a reprinting of a, um, of an, about a 10 year old Reiner Knizia game that Fantasy Flight just picked up and put out where you have these different, um, these different totems on the board basically and they represent what is it food religion and something else as you go and um each player has a deck of tiles uh that have number values and also will have one of the symbols matching each of the three different types of pieces and there's also wild symbols as well that you can play and on your turn you're going to play so one or more pagodas, of these tiles that's the other one the little yeah, pagodas yeah. um on your turn you're going to play one of these tiles to the board and what you're trying to do is you're trying to surround um, the different totems with influence pieces that match it so that when the totem's completely surrounded, the player who has the most influence of that type of totem will get that totem from the board and put it into their personal supply. And at the end of the game, um, you're trying to see who has the majority of the different totems. So like if I have the majority in... Um, in the wheat totems, I get the the wheat piece, and if you have the the religion one, you get the little Buddha piece. And in a two player game, you're trying to get the majority of pieces. Um, well, as it turns out, we we each uh, we split. We each got one majority, and then we split, the and other we split one. the second majority, and and then it's like, oh, whoever has the most number of pieces total, and we both had ten. And it's like, oh, you share the victory. Yeah, and it's so it's an interesting game. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm afraid that because we tied in the first game, I don't know if that's an indication of we both played really well or or really poorly for that matter, right? Or if this is a game that or lends maybe itself we just to have that. each other figured out. But this is the first time we played it, it's, and it wasn't so similar to but again to any other things we played. We've been together for almost thirteen oh, I years. I know you pretty well. So I, I, I hope it's the former and I hope it's not the latter. I hope the game doesn't lend itself to doing that with two players. Right. Um, but I enjoyed the game. Like mm-hmm. it was very easy it to learn. Um, I am actually I enjoy the for, art and everything. Yeah, All it's little, very simple. The, but, the little tokens were awesome. You know? Yeah, they're, they're nice resin pieces, basically. Um, what you'd expect from Fantasy Flight, pretty much. Um, I will be happy. I'm actually looking forward to teaching this game to other players as well. Um, I think what, it'll like be Brandon fun. Like Brandon and Row? Or a, a lot of people. I, I think this is a game that is very easy to teach to anybody because it's really simple. I mean, the rules are, are as easy as it can be. Um, but yeah, Samurai, um, it's fun. Um, it, I, it's going to take more plays for me to give it a really strong recommendation, mm-hmm. I'd say. But I but I did enjoy the first time, even though it ended in, in, in a... It's like kissing your sister. <laughs> the, old, the old hockey adage. <laughs> so, so that's that's all the new stuff that we've played over the uh, over this week here. So, when we uh, come back, we're going to take a brief break, and we'll tell you what's in our suitcase for our upcoming trip to Florida, and and talk about good games to travel with. So, stay tuned. So and we're back. So uh, like we mentioned, uh, actually, by the time you're listening to this, we'll be in Florida um, for a friend's wedding that we're going to down there. First, the first uh, quasi vacation that Emily and I have gotten to take in 
since our honeymoon a long, six long years time. ago. Not and, gonna uh, lie, we're a little bit excited. Get to be baby free for thanks or to my to- toddler free for a couple days. They're very awesome. But watching uh, our little buddy. But of course, we can't uh, we can't go on a trip without uh, packing a couple games along a for couple, the ride. We packed more than a couple, babe. Well, so I, we like to have variety because we never know what we, mood we'll be in. So. Uh, as one of our friends said, we have gaming ADD. We can't just like play one thing incessantly until we're ready to move on to the next one. We have to move on. Well, that, know, one well, to one to one to one. Well, that and we're, like I said, we never know. Never know what kind of mood we'll be in. So we we right before we recorded, we actually picked out the games that we're going to take on the trip with us. Um, so I think we picked out, I think, 11 games, give or take. Something like that. Yep. But uh, so and this will get into a fun discussion about good games to travel with. So for me, um, you know, to travel with a board game, I think that it's got to be small enough to fit in your backpack. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of doesn't take up a lot of table real estate, I think, is a because hotel helpful. rooms don't have very big tables. No. or And also looking for stuff that we could possibly play on the on the plane ride down on the on the tray tables. True. In the airplane. Um, and, and like I said, we were able to fit all 11 games into my one backpack with no, with room to no spare for more. So, yeah. So, uh, and, and there's nothing too big in here, uh, nothing big at all, really. I mean, the, the biggest box that we have is, is Traders of Osaka, which we'll uh, cover. So, but I wanted to get a good mix of, of fillers, but I also wanted to take a couple of like meteor games mm-hmm. just, just, you know, for you and I, if we're, you know, Get winding down before we go to bed, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Something that we can play and do that way. So we'll start off with the with the filler games that we tossed in the bag, and you're going to have to help me here because the screams in my back. So gotcha. Uh, first on the list, haha, easy breezy travel agency. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take so, your travel agency game while traveling. <laughs> is that why you did that? No, no, it just it just happened to it's work just, out that way. I told you, is that or brew crafters, and you're like, oh, let's take that. I, I like so like so we've talked about the rabbits line before. I think this one in and Pie Factory are my favorites out of that. Mm-hmm. Really fun game. Um you know, where you're building or you're Isle of Train is fun too. Isle of Train is fun too, but I, I thought about that one, but it would take up a little bit more space. Real estate, yes. Because it's got that train map and you have your trains that you put in front of yes, you and stuff dear. like that. So this one this one I think will be a little bit easier, a little more palpable and uh it's a bit shorter of a game too. So mm-hmm. helpful there. Uh next is a fave of ours, Eminent Domain Microcosm. Yeah, we've talked about some of them before. This this one, I have a feeling, is probably going to get busted out on the on the plane on the plane because yeah. it's, you can play this with a very very small space. I actually hate. I actually don't like playing this at the table because there's like it seems like the table has too much space this, for it. This one ends up. This is one of those ones where we've come upstairs and like played in bed before <laughs> because it takes up so or little space. Or played on the couch. Yeah. So. Um, next, uh, another favorite parade. Oh yeah. Which was one of those ones. I, we've, I'm sure we've talked about this before where the first, like we got it because I saw it and I was like, oh my God, it's Alice in Wonderland themed, honey, please. I want it. And then we played it the first time and it was almost like we didn't quite get it. Mm-hmm. And then we put it down and then we picked it back up and now we play it all the time. <laughs> well, and, the, and this is also one that, uh, so like I'm going to be microcosm is two players specifically. Um, well, this, this is one, one that'll play up to four, and this is if we get you know other people that want to. Right, right, right. Yeah, we tried to, to we tried to mix stuff for two players and stuff that we could you know because we do have a lot of friends that are going to be down there also. So if one night they all want to come over and play a game, 
We have a couple. Not of, all. This, this this one only supports four players. No, but I'm saying like we only, we, we only I, have I said one, we do yeah. have other games on our list where we can bring more yeah. people in. Um, was that Jaipur? Mm-hmm. Now, well, now we're getting into the more the full fledged game area. Right. Well, see, we put Jaipur on here. I call this game Camel. Mm-hmm. I love this game. Now I've seen pictures of this being played on the, on a plane before. I suppose you could fit everything onto a yeah. tray table because the card, the, like your cards, you just hold in your hand. So you brought this one to the hospital when we had Xander. I did. We didn't get a chance to play it no. at the hospital. We ended but, up uh, playing Love Letter. Yeah, that was the that was the intention was to play that one. But I I could see us playing some Jaipur. It's one of our go to two player games. So. Love Camel. Um, I picked the mystery rummy series but i let him pick which one we were taking with us uh he picked jack the ripper i'm glad you let me pick because i well because i didn't want to play al capone i didn't want to play al capone i listen like i don't i don't dislike al capone but i like jack the ripper a lot more but you are completely infatuated with the al capone one i am but i love the jack the ripper one also especially since i took the time to make those little dials and whatnot well in in reality i uh, you really wanted to bring wyatt Earp, but the box for that one is a little too big yeah for what we're trying to do so yeah uh (laughs) next is the bane of brad's existence haggis (laughs) i i pulled this off the shelf myself i'm i'm willing to to take my take my lumps again haggis it's because you want to learn how to play and you don't understand how i figured it out Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> I'm looking forward to playing some Haggis. Okay. I really, I, I even, like I said, even though I got thoroughly embarrassed the first time we played, he got spanked the first. I time want, we played. I wanted to bring a trick taking game. Um, I thought about bringing diamonds. Diamonds. I thought about diamonds also. We might still grab it before we go. Who knows? Yeah. We'll see. Well, because that plays more people. Too. Yeah, you can go up to six players to that one. So, uh, Motainai is on the list as well. This is one that we actually had a print and play of, and we played a couple times, and then we backed it on Kickstarter. I was bugging we, you to play this more. I know. So there's lots of things we need to play more. I know, but you've been like you have a good game of this, and then you have a bad game of this, and you have a good game of this, and you have a bad game of this. It seems like my brain just does not want to function with this game. I swear. I don't know. I like it a lot. I think it's pretty good. Um, Carl Chuddick game, uh, it's compared slightly to Glory Rome. Some people agree or disagree with that, but, uh, as someone that didn't play Glory Rome, um, I'm enjoying this one quite a bit so far. Uh, what's next? Oh, my pick Valley of the Kings. I actually wanted to play this the other night and he's like, well, I don't think we're going to have time for that. And this game, I was like, well, it's a small box game. We can take it on vacation with us. (laughs) This is a, this is a great game to bring. Like, this is one of the best value in terms of like bringing a strong game with you on the go because it fits in such a small box mm-hmm. but it's like a, it's a full-fledged deck building game yeah um that you can play with I, up to four players like i loved the hell out of this game when we played it the first time mm-hmm. loved it listen i i, I find it interesting because unlike most deck builders you have to it, so like in some deck builders you purge your deck of cards that you start with because they're weak and this one you actually acquire cards and then try to purge them because that's you what scores score your points. points. Yeah. yeah. So it's very interesting to balance acquiring cards that you actually want to use but or and acquiring cards that you plan on just tossing into your tomb as you go. Uh oh, another good one. I'm glad you picked this one. Tiny Epic Galaxies is going with us on vacation. Well, this this one was picked because I I wanted I I wanted like a a, a like a meaty game. And, and I guess Tiny Epic Galaxies is kind of like a filler 
in some respects. I mean, it's definitely a little bit lighter yes, than... Yes, but whilst going on vacation, one cannot take, like, viticulture or something like that with well, them. No, well, I, I compare this to Roll for the Galaxy. I think it's very... It's like Roll for the Galaxy light, I almost feel like. Yeah, but again, that comes in too big of a box to take on vacation. Well, right, right. And, and, that's, and that's why we're rolling with this instead of, yeah. uh, instead of that, so... Uh, Traders of Osaka is another one that we decided... Uh, we were trying to find something that was a little more meaty, but a smaller box. Mm-hmm. And this one comes in a real nice, small, thin box, but it and it's the, and it's the biggest box in the bag. I thought about Lost one. Cities also. Yeah, Lost Lost Cities would be a great choice as well. Um, that's another one that would work great, in like the hotel. And room. like I said, Rhino Hero we know works in a hotel room because we mm-hmm. took that for our weekend getaway. Yep. Um, and last but not least is Avalon. Yeah, we're, we're taking resistance Avalon, um, in case we do gaming with the, with a bigger group, with the whole group, you know, in case we get like, you know, a bunch of people that are like, Oh, let's play a game. You know, resistance. It's, it's so easy. We've talked, we've, we've spouted the, the virtues of it before on the show. It's, it's so easy to teach. Um, it can be played very quickly. You can play it a bunch of times in a short amount of time. Oh yeah. Like I remember, one time in particular, we took it to a friend's house. His mom was in from out of town and uh, we played it. And immediately after the game ended, she's like, can we play that again? That was really fun. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever had anyone who didn't enjoy themselves. Uh, yeah, we did. One. We've had one person. I, I Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> for the most part, most people enjoy Avalon. It's easy enough to learn. But it's, it's fun for a group. In fairness, so. that person also didn't like cash and guns, which... He's crazy for yeah. That game's awesome. Um, we thought about tossing skull or skull and roses in there as well. Um, that comes in a Is nice it small skull box. Skull and roses. Yeah, there's very uh, there's a couple of different versions of it because ours just says skull. Yeah, there's, there's the the older printing is called skull and roses. So, um, but skull skull I found all roses. Huh? Those are not all roses. Skull and flowers then. <laughs> um, skull. Some we've had trouble teaching sometimes. Like it takes some people a game or two. To, to kind of grasp the strategy. Um, fortunately, it plays. You can you know play it in twenty minutes. It doesn't, oh, yeah. It's not a long game to play at all. Um, but I think resistance works better. Plus, also resistance has a higher player cap. Mm-hmm. Um, skull caps out at six. Resistance you can go up to ten. So that's uh, which would work a little better because yeah, if we have everybody there, yeah, we'll be close to ten, won't we? Mm-hmm. If everybody comes together, so but yeah, that's that's what's in our bag for this trip. Um, like I said, I th- I feel like a nice variety of games, um, and and a Who lot knows, of stuff. We might to still add some more, <laughs> possibly, possibly. But I think we have a lot of stuff in there to suit most moods that will be in that's feasible. Because I don't like packing, you know, unless we're going on like a board game trip. Like if we if we were to go to Gen Con or, or Origins or something, I wouldn't want to pack like full full fledged games. But yeah, so but if we were if luggage. we were going to do something like that, we'd probably drive to wherever we were. Right, that right. way we'd have you know our stuff in our car, so we know it wouldn't get banged up either. Well, I mean, if we, so, let's say if we went to BGG Con, which is in Dallas, we're probably not driving to Dallas, no. but we'd probably take a suitcase full of regular old games. You know but what I mean? If we go to Dallas, we can visit my cousin. Sure. <laughs> so, but yeah, so I was so we you know we sat there and looked at our our small box shelf to kind of see stuff. Um, a couple other ones that I suggested that um that we didn't quite make the cut. Um, Trombon, um, the like the the tiny Mayfair two player game box, but that one definitely takes up a lot less table real estate. Um, Emily had mentioned Rhino Hero, that one's solid choice. Uh, Akrotiri, 
would work well. Um, that comes in a I nice t- small I box. I said battle line, but you said that takes up too much real estate. It's it's a wide the battle line takes up a really wide space on the on the table. I mean, Akrotiri, don't get me wrong, takes up a lot of space as well. Um, just because those tiles are are really big and chunky and and they sit out. But uh, that's a great two player game as well if you're looking for that. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that would be a solid choice there. So going through Longhorn might be a fun one to take that mm-hmm. could uh that could fit the bill as far heartland. as like, heartland would be good too actually yeah great heart yeah yeah great heartland hauling company because i can't talk today i haven't been able reason. to talk for like the past week don't feel that yeah um so that i mean that's great we'd love to hear what your guys's favorite games to travel with are as well um so definitely shoot us a line on twitter or facebook and give us that but uh like i said we told you'd be a little bit of a shorter episode today um, that's all that we have before we. Yeah, sorry, head on we're really south. kind of excited about a trip from you know that we haven't got to go on in like six years. And, and, and I'm super excited. I can't wait. It was funny as we only had two days to ourselves, but still two days to ourselves. It's very exciting. Well, yeah, and the fact that the weather finally snapped here in lovely Baltimore, and it went down to like 30 degrees the other day, and we're <laughs> heading to 80 degree weather. So yeah, I'm kind of excited about that. Cool. So <laughs> before we leave, um, again, just a reminder. Seek us out online at Tabletop for Two on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the show. And also don't forget that we are affiliated with the Nerdpocalypse Studios Network. Uh, make sure to check out all the other great podcasts on that network, including the Nerdpocalypse, Dense Pixels, Black on Black Cinema, and Mouthful of Toast. You can also check out the premium membership, which gets you exclusive access to other shows in the network uh, for only 5 bucks a month or $50 a year. So definitely check that out. There's a couple preview episodes of the various shows on the premium side What's on the like Nerdpocalypse no feed. No Time to Bleed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Look forward and and airing the airing of grievances is a sign. <laughs> yep, which is a really funny show, by the way. Uh, the host Jay and Micah, who have been friends for a long time, um, basically go episode by episode through Seinfeld and relate personal stories from their lives to the happenings in the oh, show. It's hilarious, very cool. And actually, Micah's bachelor party was the other night, and, and we basically lived out a Seinfeld episode in some no ways way. with that one. Really? So yeah, the whole the the, the Chinese which restaurant one? episode. I don't remember that one. Remind You'll have me to of refresh that. me I after will. the show. So, but that's all that we have for you this week. Thanks for tuning in. Um, we'll check back with you in a couple weeks where we'll update you on how we did uh, with our get to the table segment. Spoilers, yeah. not well so far this month. Um, but yeah, we'll see if we can uh, if we can pull it together. But until then, thanks a lot. See you later. See ya.